transformational change. Real people, real pain, real hopelessness, real healing. Witness firsthand the challenges that men and women from around the world faced head on and how through their adversity they became stronger and happier. Battling a life-threatening illness, surviving an abusive relationship, overcoming addiction, suffering the heartbreaking loss of a child, wrestling with self-sabotaging thoughts, losing and finding love. These are just a few of the transformational stories that will encourage you and change your perspective in chaos to clarity. A global voice of contributing authors bears their souls for you. Their unfettered honesty is a gift to all and connects us to the butterfly effect of universal oneness. Just as the flapping of a tiny wing can change weather patterns around the world, a small inspiration may impart positively on another's life. The tears shed from these stories may make waves on distant shores, and your peals of laughter may become someone's breath of life. Change is part of the natural order of life. In this inspirational book, authors Caganello and Canavas offer their expertise on the spirituality and psychology of change and explain why change is not only necessary, it's good for you. Welcome to the heart of our shared humanity. Discover hope for the future and a blueprint for your life in these life-changing pages. I'm Richard Dugan, your host on this special edition, a month-long look at the book, Chaos to Clarity. The entire month is devoted to authors from this book to help you and encourage you. Stay tuned. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And keep this in mind. I have declared the year 2020, the year of perfect vision. So let's go from chaos to clarity. Let's go from change to perfect vision here in 2020. The entire month of January, stay with us here on Tell Me Your Story. Now let's go find out about change in chaos to clarity. And I want to welcome you to our continuing series of interviews with the guests uh, that we have on this program who are the contributing authors to the uh, book that is available now. And we encourage you to go to sacredstoriespublishing.com to find out more about Chaos to Clarity. And uh, we... Uh, and we have dubbed the year 2020 the year of perfect vision. And to that end, we are going to have with us one of the authors, one of the co-authors of the overall book, as well as uh, the founder, if you will, of Sacred Stories Publishing, Patricia Caginello. And I want to, first of all, I want to welcome you back to the program because it's been a long time since we've had you on the program. Absolutely. Richard, I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, yes, it's probably been six, 
Oh, could be more longer. than that. Six we, years or longer now. Yeah. Yes. And uh, of course, uh, you yourself <clears throat> are uh, uh, someone who has uh, uh, written a lot of uh, uh, of different books. One in particular, I think that we had you on the program about uh, God is in the details. I believe that was one of yours. Well, the the full title is God is in the little things. Little things. And the, the little things and the and the subtitle is messages from the animals and and that's the one we spoke about uh, many years ago. Yeah, and we've done i can't believe how many programs we've done over the years uh, dealing with animals uh sometimes we would even talk about my animals of which uh, i'm now we're now down to one dog and five cats uh seven chickens <laughs> so we have quite a menagerie there uh but uh you have uh, created along with uh cat uh, cannabis uh, the book chaos to clarity where you went out uh i don't know how much searching you had to do uh, to find various authors who were going to contribute uh, sacred stories for transfer of transformation and uh, you uh, uh, and Kat have put together and we've had her on the program as well uh, you've put together this this uh, uh, collage if you will of wonderful stories I've had the great privilege of interviewing a number of the authors and the January of 2020 is the month in which that's all we're featuring on this program is Chaos to Clarity authors first of all where I, I we did we got we got cat's answer and what we'll do is we'll compare them compare notes and make sure that the two of you are on the have the have your story straight no 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 tell us how this all started for you yeah absolutely well first of all I just want to say thank you because for January 2020 to be cast the clarity month on the Richard Dugan show is is truly just an honor and and such a joy and and thank you Richard for for um, sharing your show, you know, the whole month of, of January with, with us and our authors. It's, it's wonderful. It, you're part of our, the heart of our shared humanity. We said the book Cast of Clarity is the heart of our shared humanity, and you, you are certainly a big part of that as well. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so you and uh, was this an idea that Kat came up with, that you came up with, or somehow you collectively uh, thought, you know, we need to we need to create this? Yeah, so my journey really um, started with a significant change event in my life. You know, when I turned 50, my life kind of, I felt like I got turned upside down, spun around, and we ended up upside on my head uh, for a very long time. And in my company is called Sacred Stories, the Sacred Stories Media and Sacred Stories Publishing, because through my story, through my life events, my journey, you know, I've I've learned and grown and and, and from there many books and, and the publishing company has come. So so that was kind of the really truly the beginning of the conversation because we know that we learn the story, we connect the stories, we, you know, we share the stories. And so we said, you know, well, what if we reach out and, and find other people's stories? Because honestly, um, as having a book publishing company, I had people send me their manuscripts all the time and we can't necessarily publish them all or, you know, maybe they're not all full book length. So we said, well, what if we reach out and, and ask people for significant uh, stories of change and see what we get back and and uh, 
what we got back is what we turned into chaos of clarity. And it just honestly kind of uh, uh, knocks our socks off. When you first started getting responses from the various people uh, who uh, eventually contributed, and obviously you must have received a whole lot more than the number that are in this book, so that begs the question, will there be a volume two? Mm, yeah, we, we we did receive more than we included, that is true. Um, we... We've already had a number of people ask us about volume two, and so we are looking in that direction for in 2020 to come out with uh, another volume with maybe a little bit different take, still sacred stories, but uh, you know I don't want to give away too much, but sure. but we will be probably seeking seeking that, um, yeah, in 2020 because you know there's so many stories to tell, Richard. You know there's just. Um, you know, beautiful stories. And, and even this book, I have to say, we put the call out and I wasn't really sure, to be quite honest, that we were going to have a viable book, that we were going to turn this into something. I mean, we, I really wanted the stories to be meaningful. I really wanted to want to help tell these stories and and have different life events that would 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 be impactful, and um, uh, so it was probably a couple months into the process, mm. and then I said we received uh, a couple different stories. One in particular from a mother whose uh, grown daughter had passed, and uh, when I read that story, I said this book needs to be made. This is the reason we're making this book because these are the types of stories that need to be shared. You know, her voice needs to be heard and, and this will help others. And, and I did, I remember the day I called Kat and I said, I, I honestly don't care <laughs> what the rest of the book looks like. This book, this will be a book because these are the stories of our time. And, and I want to, I want to help tell them. Well, the stories themselves are, are quite interesting, uh, moving. I'm curious as to how many uh, boxes of tissues you went through, the two of you. <laughs> I, uh, or, or were you the two that actually had to read them to determine what was going in, or did you have another committee that uh, you had to put together? For this first one, it was really Kat and I. It was really kind of our baby, and, and we decided together, you know, on every story um, and worked with the authors, and then it went on to professional editors, and, and other people became involved. But, but Kat and I were certainly the the first uh, the first pass, and, and we were the ones who decided. And it's interesting because I was having a conversation earlier today, a, a different interview, actually, and the person who was interviewing me said that she had a very hard time with some of the stories. It was hard for her. She didn't want to go into the emotion that some of these stories were, were evoking, and and I understand that. I mean, there is some deep emotion here, but there's also some really deep joy, and, and I think the important part of the book is that all of the stories we asked for the hero or heroine's journey. So we don't want to just know the pain and then leave you in the pain. Everyone, everyone continued their journey. They moved through their pain. It doesn't mean that, um, that everything that they, uh, you know, everything came out with, uh, you know, lollipops and, and unicorns. 
However, they, they came out, every story came out with the person having a, a deeper appreciation, um, a, a more empathy, wanting to be of greater service in this world. There was a positive perspective or outcam- outcome in every story. We don't, we don't leave you in the pain. And that's that's a good thing, and yet we have to go through that pain, as I keep hearing from not only uh, your the authors of the book Chaos to Clarity, which is available at at uh, sacredstoriespublishing.com, but but just from all of the guests I've had on when we talk about these events that go on, these challenges that that we have to face or that we we end up facing as our lives move forward, uh, and. Uh, I, you know, I, I take a look at some of even my own life's ex- life experiences and some of the, not just the pains, not just the pain, but the, the other experiences. And you say in, uh, at the front end of one of your articles or one of your stories, which is actually part of the acknowledgements, the spirituality of change. And I want to dive, dive into that for just a second. But before I do, going back to emotion in the experiences, the emotion and in the emotion is the gift. Talk to us about the gift as you see it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I perfect perfect reading because that's um, that's I think the biggest message that I wanted to get across in the book. In addition to all the stories, was that you know change that's the golden nugget. You know, so that that's what catches our attention. But there has to be a deep emotion in the change or in the event. And humans seem to be wired to do it through trauma or pain, but we also do it in, through joy, you know, through love, through children, through, uh, you know, beautiful experiences in life that stop us and say, wow, you know, I'm paying attention now. So I think what it is, Richard, truly is that we need something to catch our attention because we're so busy doing life and, and it doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. It's just that life is busy and we're distracted and and it just happens, right? And and we're doing it. And it's not until something stops us in our track, right? So what stops us other than a significant event? Um, Many times it happens through illness or, or loss or joy. And it stops us in our tracks. It gets us to pay attention, right? And so in the experience, it's the experience we're after, right? And the experience is the emotion. And that deep emotion is the gift because it's in that emotion that we start paying attention and we start having choices on what we're going to do next. And more times than not, those choices lead us to a much greater appreciation for this thing called life we're all, we're all experiencing. Yeah, and there are times when... As the as the phrase goes, as the old saying goes, uh, stop the uh, merry-go-round or the roller coaster, or as they say, stop the world. I want to get off. I have had enough. That's all I want to deal with. Uh, I'll come back later. I need to process this, uh, as yeah. as the current vernaculars go. And and yet, you know, with only a few exceptions, certainly you you can't you can't just get off. And stop because it's 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 a it's a flow. It's it's in constant motion. But when you titled this chaos to clarity, uh, one of the things that that I have been sharing with probably each of the authors of chaos to clarity 
Again, available through the Sacred Stories Publishing Company and uh, .com. Put that on there, sacredstoriespublishing.com. Is the, the aspect of, of chaos and especially the title of this, this particular piece uh, in the acknowledgments, the spirituality of change. Now, we can get into the spirituality of change, but okay. what I want to touch on and have you talk about, especially in relationship to chaos, to clarity, uh, in this year, 2020, the, uh, the, uh, the year of perfect vision, is uh, the aspect that there, there are two elements here. Number one is that when uh, uh, we, are, we have been sold a bill of goods when it comes to change. We've been told to fear it, to stay as far away from it. We've got to have stability. Uh, and actually, there's a wonderful computer term that is used, or two of them actually, uh, and one uh, is used as a file name. It's called a dynamic link library. But the word dynamic, which means it's moving. It's it's happening. It's going on. And sometimes you might have uh, a dynamic links to various things uh, on a, on a Web page. And then there's the static IP address. For example, if if you have a, a, a situation where you work, where you're let's say we're streaming our, our signal, which we do. We stream this program out. Well, you have to have a static IP address in order to be able to stream. it. You can't keep changing the IP address uh, <laughs> because then the streaming service hasn't got a clue as to what well, we had it just a second ago and now it's gone. But if you have when it comes to change and you have when it comes to life and I use a I use a pool of water as a prime example. If you do not have dynamics going on in that pool of water, you have static conditions. Eventually, you start growing all kinds of fun stuff. Mosquitoes start uh, building their nests on the on the surface, and on and on and on, and it gets pretty darn murky. Talk to us about that aspect of change, especially especially on the spiritual level. So you know what's really interesting is that, and and I do touch on this in the book as well. You know, I think the, the you mentioned the fear part of it. It's our perception of the change that somehow it's going to be, even if we choose it. You know, in our in our book, there's people who made choices, right? They they chose the change, and then they said, "What the heck did I do?" And you know, how am I getting out of this? Um, but it's the perception that we are going to be less off than we are, that we're going to be diminished in some way, that our pool of experiences will be, um, will be worse. And instead of that through the experience that we can't, we cannot be less, we cannot diminish, um, be diminished in any way, that actually there's a, just a continual expansion. So in this dynamic process that you're talking about, we really truly only can keep expanding outward. We keep adding to our body of experiences, whether or not we judge whether or not that's a positive experience or not, we add to it and then we expand our awareness. We, again, we have choices in, in what we're going to do with it. And so from a spiritual perspective, what I would, would offer people, especially when, when um, you know, they, they, they start getting worried about something or the, the idea of change brings up great fear, is that it, it is in the question. It's in how we ask the question. It's in how we approach the change. So, for example, 
uh, there was one point in my life, you know, post-divorce and, you know, left my career, the proverbial, you know, jump off the cliff. When I asked in the same breath, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life and how am I going to support myself, right? And I say, oh, my gosh, you know, that'll bring anybody to their knees, right? I mean, that was a mouthful and that was this, that was full of fear and, and that everything was going to be worse off. But what if? What if I ask the question in a little bit different and I, and I go back to what my dad used to always ask and he used to always say, you know, what's the plan, Stan, right? And same question, really honestly, but we're approaching it from a different perspective. We're approaching it with a little joy, with some humor, with, with not making it so all-inclusive and so um, with the fear that somehow it's, we're going to be worse off. Maybe we'll be better. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this change will be good. Um, and so, so you know, spiritual is, um, spiritual is the idea that it is, you know, it is the connection within us that is the connection to all, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how I define spirituality. And it, it doesn't have to be uh, that you know, something really deep, the road up the mountaintop, it really can be how we are experiencing life, what the beingness that we show, the presence we bring every to every moment of every day. So if the presence that we can hold, the consciousness that we can hold around the idea of life and around the idea of change and around the idea of how we are experiencing it can be from a place that is a little bit more joyful, a little bit more lighthearted, a little, with a little bit more um, faith that mm. we're really going to be okay. I think it, it shifts everything for us, Richard. Yeah. I, you know, and it's one of those things that uh, I find uh, uh, fascinating from the standpoint of uh, another analogy I like to use <clears throat> when looking at the macro and the microcosmic worlds and then relating it to what I like to refer to as the mid-cosmic world, which is where you and I live on this planet uh, at this level. And we look through the Hubble telescope, for example, and we look at the cosmos moving and shifting and flowing. And we sit there like we're watching fireworks going, ooh, ah, wow, that is really cool. We're not passing judgment. We're just in amazement of what's happening, right? Mm. And then we uh, pull out the uh, the old electron uh, microscope and we start taking a look at the uh, subatomic particles and the same kind of movement is happening. See, when in school, when I was shown uh, molecules in, in sort of those, you know, those, those uh, big models they would have on the desk with what looked like swirling planets, I thought, well, gee, the, the microcosmic world kind of looks like the macrocosmic world, the, 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 you know, that astronomers study for years, right? But we look at both levels and we're ooh and we're ah. I said, wow, that is fascinating. Wow, that is really very interesting to watch and just to see what happens next. And the cosmos on either level, and especially the the macro, when things crash into one another, when things explode, when things just look like chaos, (laughs) there is no judgment by the universe. That's just what happens happens and on the same level at the micro level it's the same thing that's just what that's what is but on our mid level here between the two we pass judgment all 
the time. And I sit here and this this came to me just the other day after watching one of these programs about not so much time travel, but there was this one individual who was actually tapping into every moment before and after this conversation he was having with this woman. And it was really kind of fascinating. And I got to thinking about it and wondering, you know, you and I, Patricia, we are both wanting a better world for everyone. We want, we want to open up you know, open up and raise our consciousness, raise our awareness, wake up more and more people so that that we can uh, so that everybody can have equal opportunities. So there's some level of equanimity, if you will, in this world. And and we can maybe get rid of hunger and poverty and homelessness and those kinds of things. And everybody, even if it's 7.9 or 8 billion people can be living their purpose, you know, hell of a goal granted, but. Why not? What else have we got to do? So um, I got to thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, we want to send out all these wonderful energies to help people and so forth. What if we didn't do anything? Wouldn't the world just unfold? As Desiderata says, the world is unfolding as it should. Mm. So now there comes the dynamic. There comes the dilemma. Mm -hmm. There's the dilemma for me. Do I just, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to watch it happen and I'm going to do my thing and whatever it is because the world is unfolding as it should? Question mark. Yeah. So, you know what? It's so interesting. So, I, I think the way that I'd like to respond to that actually is also part answer of what you said before, right? When you said, you know, the merry-go-round and sometimes I just want to get off, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, can we or should we? You know, when I was going through probably the most painful part of, of my change, I, I considered getting off. I was like, you know, I don't know that I want, I, I, that I want to go on. I really don't. And, and in my mind, you know, going to kind of back to judgment, I was thinking, well, everybody had somebody, everybody, you know, I wasn't really needed. There was no reason for me to be in this world. Um, and I mean, I have, you know, two teenage daughters and I thought, well, it's okay because, you know, they still have their father or they have my mother or they have my sister. There's people, you know what I mean? That I, I wasn't the most important person, um, that I thought to anybody. So what was my purpose? What was my reason for being here? Did it really matter? But, you know, maybe I'll just choose to exit. You know, I'll just, it's time to exit. You know, I, I this was a real consideration. And, and one day... Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table and it was right around this time of the year, you know, when it was really dark, it's really dark, really early. And it was kind of those in between hours when I think things are at the worst, when it's like five o'clock in the afternoon, but you think it's 10 o'clock at night because it's so freaking dark. Um, and I was just sitting there and I was feeling probably the lowest of my low. And my 14, then 14 year old daughter, you know, said like, Hey mom, like, you know, what's wrong? And, you know, in all my parental wisdom, you know, of course, I dumped on my 14-year-old daughter, which, you know, any parent would be like, you're not supposed to tell your kids how bad you're feeling. But at that point, I didn't even care anymore. And I just said, you know, I don't really think it really matters whether I'm, whether I'm here, here or not. 
you know, and she she immediately got really scared because she obviously had been watching me for, you know, months going through things and said, what are, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Mom? And, and I said, I just don't really think it really matters. And, and I don't think, you know, I'm not important to any anybody or any one person. And she said, you know, what about me? And I said, oh, well, you know, you have your grandmother, you have your father. I had it all figured out. I had it all figured out. I had an answer for everything. And she said, but you're my mom. You're my mom. What about me? Don't I matter? And I was like looking in the eyes of my 14-year-old daughter and I could hear her pain. I could feel her and I could realize that she was saying to me what I was saying to myself, right? What about me? Don't I matter? And I realized in that moment, Richard, honestly, that that. If for no, no other reason or for every reason in the world that it was my daughter that I was going to stick around, I was going to do it. And I said, oh, my God, of course you matter. And, and yes, no, I'm not going anywhere. And, and it, it was in that moment that I chose to stay. And I figured I was going to figure it out. I didn't know how, but I was going to stay. And the reason I tell that story and the reason then I think how it answers your question is that everybody matters and whether or not they feel that they matter or not, I can promise you that they do. And then being in this world in whatever way that they are experiencing it is making a contribution. And I would get, and I would bet that if they're listening to your program, it is a positive contribution. Um, and that, that is the, um, the other reason that this book, I wanted this book to be written is because in reading the stories and going through the journeys and the pain that other people have experienced, you can find yourself in there and you can find your hope and you can know that these people relived this pain and shared it in order to help another person. So does it matter? Yes. Do you matter? Yes. You know, it's, it all matters. And so I would say, um, in answer to your question, do I just sit back and let the world go by? If that, if that feels right and meaningful um, at this point in time, I say then, then do it because I believe that we all show up, we do the best we can, um, and everything we do matters. I guess mm -hmm. that's a very long way of, of saying, yes, I believe it matters. Everybody matters. Certainly. And, and I... I, I would completely agree with you on that. It was one of those things that jumped out at me as I watched this film uh, and this gentleman who was basically God. He was he was a blue individual. He was he had blue skin. So it's, it's a science fiction program. OK, but but he came across to this woman. He was telling her everything. He wasn't being psychic or anything. But, uh, you know, God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Uh, and and uh, omnipresent in every moment in time. And so the way that they filmed this thing, boy, if you didn't know what was going on, you would be utterly confused because it kept jumping around from one time period to another. And they weren't telling you. You just had to follow, you know. And uh, uh, and I, that was where that whole thing uh, sprung from. Uh, so it really goes back for me to to putting a cap on it and saying that, okay, my life has meaning. I don't know why. All I know is there's that thing inside of me that says my life has meaning. 
Just mm-hmm. like I'm sure you have that same feeling inside of you today that says, my life has meaning. Because otherwise, when we're done with this interview, or we could be done right now, I'm going to go out and rape and pillage and plunder because my life has no meaning. This is all an accident. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I try to tell people, I says, do I know what's after this life? No, I have no clue. What I believe is there is because of that feeling that my life has meaning and it makes no sense logically. Of course, we don't know necessarily if we're dealing with a logical supreme being, if you will. Um, But it makes no sense logically that this is all there is and then lights out. But of course, if that were the case, we're not going to know anyway, right? So so I'd uh, I'd rather do the right thing in that regard, you know, that whole thing that, that comes up every once in a while, like if you're out in the middle of the, out in the, middle of the desert or something, uh, you know, alone all by yourself, would you do the right thing? Uh, I talk about people like in the middle of, say, Nebraska at 2 a.m. and there's a four-way stop, right? It's stop signs. <laughs> would you stop? And a lot of people tell me, no, if there's no other car coming, I'm going to keep on going. I said, but the rule is and the habit that you are fostering is to stop at the stop sign. So why would you change that habit just because it's 2 a.m. in the middle of Nebraska, you know, in June or whatever, you know, what have you, Uh, you know, and I've also heard it said too, Patricia. Uh, behave, if you will, or act as if everybody's watching. You know. You know, in the book, in the book, Kat speaks about the butterfly effect. She speaks yeah, of psychology yeah. of change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the butterfly effect, and and the spirituality. You know, we speak about universal oneness and so forth. But but the idea is that everything matters and everything has an impact. And and even in the book, she writes about how the flapping of a butterfly's wings on one side of the world ultimately can impact someone on the other, the wind patterns on the other side of the world. So mm-hmm. there is a cause and effect to every, uh, every action, every motion. And so I would say, yes, it all matters. Yeah. I mean, it all matters. You know, does everything, honestly, Richard, I think have as much of an impact as others? No, I mean, I, I honestly think that I'd probably be one of those people at two in the morning that would go through the stop sign to be quite honest. <laughs> okay. I'd say, no you know, judgment. I'd no judgment. Good, you know? I mean, but, um, but, but yes, everything absolutely impacts in everything that we do. I think that the idea that I try to live by is, you know, it, it's a pretty, pretty, uh, been around a while, you know, leave, you know, leave people in places better than when you found them. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that that's the impact. But I think that we need to also layer on top of that the idea that we may not necessarily always understand or fully appreciate how much impact we are having on other people. You know, um, I think that a lot of people, um, we, we discount our our contribution, you know, the, even the smile we may give someone, the, the compliment, the holding of a door, you know, or the, the, the kind word. I mean, on, any, on every level, um, I believe that we can make a positive, leave a positive impact in that, in that 
matters. And that's important. And to me, that is really the greatest legacy we can leave. You don't necessarily have to have kids or you don't have to create much of anything, but by just doing the right thing and being kind, showing kindness to one another, uh, you you actually you change. Uh, and I've even uh, kind of came to the, come to this conclusion. You know how it says there's that old saying that says you can't change other people. Well, I found out that's a lie. Because of what you just described, we can. Now we don't do it consciously. We can't go into it consciously. But if we're aware that by our actions we will change other people, people, then maybe we might think a little bit more before we take action about the possible consequences, if you will, about the results of our actions, if we know we're going to affect people. We're going to affect, yeah, and I think that that, you know, I think that goes back even, you know, in chaos to clarity, the idea of sharing of the stories. We were very careful, and, and we cut out, any parts in the stories of people started preaching or teaching uh, because we don't need people to tell people what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. We want, we simply want you to share your stories, share your journeys. Let us, you know, let us experience or, you know, um, in a way that, and then we will receive, we will receive what we need to receive. Um, and I think that is the greatest teacher, uh, greatest teacher of all. Yeah. So simply by living, simply by being, being, as you say, the best, the best part of ourselves that we could be or bringing the best part. Um, we do, we, we share and we, we, we change. I'll give you an example. You know, I have a dog and, you know, we, we walk every day and, and I'm always picking up garbage and it makes me kind of crazy. You know, I was walking not too long ago and somebody drove by and they threw a whole bag of fast food out the door, like, and just had it like just flat around the road. And I was just standing there going, what just happened? Like, <laughs> why would anybody in the world think that it was in, in any universe that it's okay yeah. to take a bag of trash and just toss it out uh, because they didn't want it in their car, so they threw it out into the world, out of sight, out of mind. I was flabbergasted that this happened. So, of course, I picked it up because I it was in front of me. And this other person walked by, and, and we live in a building where apartment building and has, you know, maintenance people and, you know, people that pick stuff up. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? That's what some maintenance person picked that up. That's their job. And I'm like, what? Like, I was like the second time I got stopped because I'm like, I'm standing right here. There's garbage in front of me. I'm going to, I'm a citizen of this world. This is my neighborhood. I will pick it up. I mean, or am I too good to pick up garbage that is right in front of me? Of course I pick it up and I put, bring it to the garbage can. My point being that, um, that, that it's, that it's important that we are always, um, I think being the best, of ourselves that we can be, that we're conscious of our actions and in the, just the living of our lives, in the, in the story of our lives, we are, we are, uh, hopefully giving people 
you know, inspiration or hope or just makes them laugh or just cleans the street up a little bit better. So when they walk by, they have a more pleasant experience than maybe I had having garbage thrown out the, the window at me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's really all in, I think it's in the living. And that's why a book like Chaos to Clarity for me was so important that, that, that this was another part the contribution to our human experience because it's in the sharing of our stories that that I believe you know others uh, you know that we leave we leave our legacy and others can learn and share and grow from them. Reverend Patricia Caginello is my guest. Uh, she is uh, she is a contributing author to the book Chaos to Clarity. She is also the what we'll call the co-author along with Cat Canavis of the book as well. Sacred Stories of Transformation available through sacredstoriespublishing.com and we encourage you to go there to get more information. You are a reverend as well and I would venture that probably one of the biggest problems that you and you I think write about this as well in the book uh, Chaos to Clarity uh, is the lack of love that we have for self. And we're not talking narcissism here. We're talking about uh, uh, the appreciation of who we are, of where we are, of why we are, and so forth. And 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 so forth. And I've I actually heard this comment, uh, especially in terms of the golden rule. You know, uh, uh, do unto others or love others as you would love yourself. How can you even love somebody else if you don't love yourself? And you have a comment in here that says you are lovable. Just <laughs> breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that was part of my journey. My journey kind of back to figuring out any sense of self-worth. Yeah. You know, I mean, it goes, you know, even to that level. Yeah. You know, not only could um, someone, I felt that I could be lovable for someone else, but, but again, even just finding out through my own experiences that, that I didn't have to be anything. Um, I didn't have to look a certain way. I didn't have to act a certain way. That simply by just being, you know, existing. Yeah. I mean, you, you had know, a quadruple I, I whammy. Lovable. You had a quadruple mm-hmm. whammy when you turned 50 and turning 50 was one of those whammies. Mm, along yeah. with the divorce, <laughs> along with menopause, along with depression, along with hormonal teenage girls. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good night, nurse. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd probably want to check out too. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's interesting. I said, you know, the joke is it happened all in one year, and and the, the joke is it happened in one year. I think I'd probably, I think that was, you know, the universe saying, okay, well, she's been not paying attention for fifty years, you know. <laughs> oh no! Yes, let's just stop it to her yeah. and. Um, yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you know I, I also share in the book because part of you know, in addition to sharing on, you know, thoughts on spirituality, being, you know, an interfaith um, minister. And I'm an interfaith minister because of my journey, because my, what you just described, you know, kind of left me on my bedroom floor for extended periods of time with me in a heap saying, what the hell is happening? And, and you know, I, I, I need help. I need help. And, um, and I've always been a very religious person. I was raised Roman Catholic and I was in a deep faith, but honestly, Richard, I found that that I, and it just really wasn't enough because I needed to understand that I had value. I needed a greater connection and relationship with myself and an understanding of my 
my divinity, really, truly. You know, it wasn't about, you know, the the outside judgment. It was that inner inner knowing and inner worth and, and that is part of my own in my own journey. And and I I went to seminary because I'm also a, I'm a forever student. I like to understand. I need answers and and I'm not one of those people that's just gonna, you know, read something or take a course or have one experience and start telling you I know what I'm talking about. Like I really need to understand. Um, and so if I'm offering anything again, you know, people don't have to agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I can assure you that if I'm offering something or inviting someone to consider a different perspective or even consider the idea that they are valuable and they matter and, and, and that they too are worth it regardless of what they're going through. Um, I, I can tell you, I have walked the walk, and 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 I do know what I'm talking about. So I, you know, I invite you to, you know, take that leap of faith, if it even is a leap of faith, to know that 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 there's a reason the people are here. Um, and and the biggest thing that I would invite people to do, honestly, when it goes back to self love, is to reach out and connect with others, because honest to God. It's in the connecting with others, even if it's through reading stories in a book, if that's as far as you can go right now, picking up the book and reading the stories in it. But it is in that connecting to others that we will find our own self-worth, we will find our own self-love, um, because that is, that is where the magic is. The magic is in the connection. That's that universal oneness. That's that larger collective consciousness. Mm. that we all swim through. Yeah. Patricia Caginello is my guest, and we are talking about chaos to clarity. We're talking about moving forward in our lives. One of the stories that you also have in the book um, is a, uh, actually it's a song title, which I found so interesting because (laughs) it means absolutely the world to me even though this gentleman is not my ultimate favorite artist but i loved this song and it has a great deal of meaning because of a a dear friend of my wife's and mine who lived across the street from us when we lived in phoenix we were very good friends to the extent that we'd had we would have dinner together quite often matter of fact he would uh, go to say the costco and he would buy these enormous pork chops and he would grill them up and he would come over uh he would probably spend as much time preparing his plate as he did preparing the dinner overall i was amazing we were already eating and he's still sitting there fussing over his plate getting it just right you know and the song is also the title of this one chapter, Part 4, Life, Journey, and Identity, The Long and Winding Road. And the title of your story here is, I Hope You Dance. And Ooh. every time we hear that song, um, it brings tears to our eyes because it was our friend's, it was one of his favorite songs, and it was one of the things that he really tried to do in terms of changing his life and making sure that he was he was really participating in his life. Tell us about your story. I hope you dance. Mm. I I will in one moment, but can I just say how 
beautiful and magical the story you just told, oh. right? I mean, think about it. I mean, there's the power of the story. And, and I'm sure your friends probably said many things to you, um, but it wasn't in the preaching and the teaching. It was in the living of his story. It was mm-hmm. in his relationship. It was in, 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 in how you interacted with him. That's what you remember, and you've received from those experiences all that you needed to receive. That's the power of story, right? And That's he, the power of life. And he was just one of the gentlest. He was a big fella. I mean, muscular, okay? Um, but he was just one of the gentlest people. Uh, and um, uh, we even helped him with a couple of projects. Uh, he passed away in our home um, back in 2004. Uh, and uh, the strange thing about that, which I'll have to share with you at another time, is that his passing just left a bunch of questions. But you, when you talk about the lessons that he left behind, the way he lived his life was the lesson. That Saturday morning, my or, uh, morning or afternoon, I forget which, we were just exhausted having gone through the process and so forth and him ha- being, uh, having uh, been declared uh, dead. Um. I remember waking up from that exhaustion so angry. I couldn't believe, I mean, I was being angry, but I was observing my anger at the same time. I couldn't believe where that rage came from. I was so mad. I was so mad that he left because there was so much more that I wanted to get from him Mm -hmm. and give as well. I mean, it was that interchange. He was, I am the big brother to my brother. Um, but he was like my big brother that I never had. Mm. So, but see how beautiful, honestly, Richard. And when I think back to this conversation, to this interview years from now, or the next time I hear that song, I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember your relationship with your friend, and I'm going to be inspired to want to have an impact on others that someone would be upset that I left too early. You know what I mean? Like I will take, there's so much I've received. Um, and, and in that sharing of your story, I feel closer to you. I feel that I know you even more and I'll, re, and I'll remember that way beyond any, anything we could have tried to teach or preach to each other. Yeah. You know, that's the power of the story. It sounds to me also you have another uh, story in here under the words of wisdom. If I knew then what I know now. Thank you, Rod Stewart. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the song (laughs) title, that's not song title, but the title of this story, uh, it sounds like this is this is again, it's part of the process of uh, chaos to clarity, certainly. Mm -hmm. But and just the title says it makes me think. This is probably a fun, uplifting story. Dancing Queen. When I think of Abba and Dancing Queen, that's a happy little tune. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know what? I I mean, I kind of like to play on words. You know, one of my things is called What's the Plan, Stan, right? You Mm -hmm. know, one is I hope you dance. You know, because again, I think that, I think that again, you know, for me, it's not about trying to teach anybody anything. It's in finding the common energy, the common, the commonality between us. It's finding the magic in the middle. And, 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 and those are the kinds of things, you know, you, that song means something to you. It means something to me. And, um, and that therein is the, the connection, 
right? Whether it's Dancing Queen or I Hope You Dance, but but both of those have to do honestly is part is part of my journey. My journey, really, truly, to finding my own self-worth, reclaiming my sense of self-worth, I would say, reclaiming my sense of knowing that that I have I have value, that I am lovable. And I think honestly, I think that in this world, that is many people's journey at the heart of things. You know, they say that if, you know, don't necessarily listen to what people always say, but but watch what they do, see how they show up. And in those you know, I, I talk about it in one of my my stories as well. You can almost see the wounds in others based on watch what they're doing. Um, pay attention to what they do because their wounds will show themselves. And many people, I'd say majority of people, have a wound that has to do with either, you know, the idea of, of their own sense of worth, their ability to be loved. Um, but, you know, a sense of their contribution or, you know, why are they here? You know, for some reason, that seems to be a collective wound that we are all healing. And, and I think every time that somebody reads the story or connects with another or shares, I think the wound heals a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because we realize, honestly, that we are not alone, that there always will be or can be an outstretched hand to someone to let them to help them up or let them know that they matter. Um, and so the I Hope You Dance was my journey back to having the confidence within myself and knowing that I mattered enough that I could freely express myself through dance and movement and not worry about being judged by others. Yeah. Reminds me of um, when I, after I had met my present wife uh, and we were, uh, she was, she was um, uh, under the tutelage of a a gentleman by the name of Sunyata Saraswati, who is the co-author of Jewel in the Lotus. And uh, they were doing Tai Chi in the backyard, a beautiful green lawn is gorgeous. And they had the music playing and everybody was moving in unison. And I didn't know Tai Chi from chopsticks. And I thought, well, I'll just tr- I'll try to follow along. And I was just having the devil of a time trying to match everybody and figure it out. And I was very stilted. And finally, he stopped everyone and he walked up to me and he said, look, don't don't try to. Don't try to match anybody else. Just let the music let you flow. Just flow wherever it takes you in whatever movements that you you feel. And I was like, oh, I feel so much better now. Now, <laughs> So it was okay to just kind of move with the flow and energy of the group as well as the music and, and so forth. And I wasn't, I didn't feel the, that self-consciousness anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and, and. I think that a lot of us, I, I, I know that, for example, in journaling, because uh, uh, I've talked about this on the program, too, that when I started journaling at the age of 21, uh, and I haven't done a lot of it in the last few years, but nonetheless, I would start to edit as I was writing because, well, what if somebody finds this? And this was before the computers. I was 21. It was 1981. <laughs> and before computers, what if somebody finds this book and reads it and this and that? And it took me a while to get over that and just start putting down what I felt. Uh, so what you're talking about is so 
I think it's so critical uh, when it comes to our being not only the best self we can be, our true self, our authentic self, our real self, uh, so, so that we don't keep putting on one mask after another. I mean, my gosh, I'll bet you there are people that have got hundreds of masks in their closet that they have to use every day, you know, uh, that they've got to put on one after another, after another, after another. It's like, oh, my goodness, that's got to be exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what, and it's interesting, though, because even as you were talking, you know, I was thinking even people that, if we use, again, the dance and, you know, a metaphor, it was a real reality in my life, but it's also a metaphor we're talking about. Um, The idea of maybe even the best dancers are the first ones out on the dance floor. You know, know, it's the the person that without... uh, having to to prove or or feeling a need to judge or be judged. You know, they are simply present and they're simply in enjoyment. They're simply experiencing life, right? Without yeah. all of the other trappings. You know, those are the people that I think have done, you know, some of their work, right? Some of their wounds are probably healed maybe more than other people's wounds. You know, I think we, we act and react from our places of pain and, and, and we don't necessarily even uh, maybe understand where some of this pain is coming from. That was my experience. You know, when I had my life event, I mean, I, I say that the, the wounds, the scabs got ripped, ripped off and I was like going, what the hell happened? I had no idea that the wounds were so deep and the pain was, was so intense. And, um, but I think, I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say with this is that everyone is somewhere, you know, in this crazy little thing we call life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and everyone is feeling something and everyone is, is, is dealing with a wound of some sort. And, um, and I think when that's the power, you know, if I just bring it back to the book one more time, that's the power I believe of a book like Chaos to Clarity because we can find ourselves in the stories of others and we can, you know, maybe sometimes just even let down a little bit of that guard, right? Let down, put down those swords of judgment um, and self-judgment a little bit and allow ourselves to just kind of be and to love ourselves and to accept ourselves and to, to be a little bit of that best version of ourselves that we all, we all are striving for a little bit more. It is. There's no question that, that this life is extraordinary. It's it. Yes, it is sometimes maddening, but if we can start to separate ourselves from that, the trauma drama, if you will, and say, you know, this is just, this is just life. This is just the way it is. Uh, It took me, uh, and I'm not saying I'm over it yet because I still have little twinges every once in a while, but it took me years to finally not get so f- wound up in whatever the finances were doing, whether they were up or they were down. It was like my emotions would go up and down with the finances, kind of like the stock market, right? <laughs> Until I realized that, you know what, this really isn't that important. I mean, yeah, okay, on one level it is, but in the grand scheme of things, in my existence, in, le- as, in my existence, as less than a puff of smoke, 
It doesn't mean anything. It's irrelevant. I will continue to try to do the right thing. I'll be responsible. But at the same time, I'm not going to physically and mentally or emotionally, uh, let alone spiritually, injure myself over this or any other issue that should come up. I mean, I remember when somebody told me when I used to get upset, uh, and I'm not saying I'm over that either. I still have those twinges. Uh, when I would get upset over people doing stupid stuff on the roadways with their cars. Okay. Uh, and um, someone finally told me, this says, well, what you're not understanding, Richard, is they did not wake up this morning saying, let's get Richard. Okay. <laughs> and it was a double-edged sword when they said, it's not personal. On the one hand, I'm going, phew, I'm glad it's not personal. And on the other hand, you mean they don't care enough about me to make it, <laughs> make it personal? Um, but, but I've been able to put that joyful twist on it and say, you know what? We're all just trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, I, you know, uh, and that's, that's really all there is to it. And l let's help one another to do that. And and I will say that with the number of vehicles on the roads in this country at any given time, it's amazing that we don't have a higher percentage of incidents and accidents. I mean, mm. you think about what are the odds? What do you think Vegas odds would be if you have, I don't know how many cars there are on the roads, a hundred million I just don't know. And then you've got all these different speeds and road conditions and on and on and on. And yet, how many car accidents are there really in this country specifically? Uh, so it's it's like, okay, is the universe doing something here? You know, it doesn't really matter. It's just nice that more people aren't uh, uh, injured and their vehicles damaged and on and on and on. But it's, it is one of those fascinating things that people can read about in Chaos to Clarity, uh, Sacred Stories of Transformation. And I want to uh, let you know also, folks, that you can go to uh, the website, sacredstoriespublishing.com. Uh, you can read not only uh, about uh, the uh, Chaos to Clarity, the stories that are in that book, and make that purchase as well. You can read uh, Reverend Patricia uh, Caginello's uh, um, uh, work. She's also uh, written, as she mentioned at the beginning of the program, God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Animals. God is in the Little Things, Messages from the Golden Angels. And then you co-authored Scanning for Signal. Uh, before we wrap up, can you just give us a little synopsis of that that's uh sounds very fascinating to me yeah scary for signal is is uh is, uh, i'm a co-author with three other co-authors are poets it's actually a, a collection of short writings or or poems and it is about finding actually finding our connection and scanning for signal the title for the book actually came from one of the poems and it ended it's a beautiful poem about how we're all looking for connection so um and it it I just think it's so creatively done, I have to say, and this wasn't, you know, my part of it, but even the cover has a Wi-Fi symbol, but it's made out of leaves because it's really about the conversation, almost about the disconnect of our connection through technology and the real connection of us, mm. you know, in the human experience. And every section of the book, as it continues, the Wi-Fi symbol gets like another bar, you know? So we start from kind of like, where are you, God, and why am I what the hell's happening mm -hmm. through kind of being held, you know, in the arms of, of humanity. And yeah. 
really beautiful. So scanning for signal is, is was another work of work of the heart. Uh, um, that's a poetry book. So so yeah, so this is a I've written two books and, and um this is the second book I'm the co author in and it's 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 you know what, it's a crazy little thing called life, Richard, because honestly, eight years ago when this when my journey started, I was not an author. I had no intentions of ever writing a book. It was, I was in a completely different universe, if you would say, and where I thought my life was and who I thought I was. And now I've written two books. I'm a co-author of two and, and I have my own book publishing company. So you never, you know, who knows? You never know. You know, I think we just, I think we just keep getting out of bed in the morning. And as you say, being the best version of, uh, of who we, of who we can be. You know, I try to ask the question and remind myself to ask the question, especially on the days that I'm not feeling the best. I ask the question, how can I help? I try to always remember to say, how can I help? And I, I take it out to another person. I try to find a connection with another and, um, and ultimately, hopefully, leave the world a little bit better, you know, for having been here. Well, Reverend Patricia Caginello, I thank you so much for joining us here on the program, for writing and compiling this book called Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformation, and uh, as well for uh, even providing us from time to time with guests uh, who have written books that you have published uh, through your publishing company as well, because uh, these folks are, are experiencing life, they're sharing their particular story that hopefully will inspire others, that will encourage others that maybe will help others to to awaken to their own uh, uh, as it's been said their own divinity their own uh, uniqueness and and their own importance in this world and uh, so we really do appreciate the time that you've given us here on the program and you know if you ever find yourself here in Santa Barbara you know I extend this to just about to every guest that we have on the program we'd love to have you in studio to continue this conversation and talk about so many other things that that you have uh, have experienced through the publishing of so many, uh, so many works. Thank you, thank you. I I will take you up on that, Richard. Next time I'm out out on your coast, Fantastic. I will definitely connect. Well, before we let you go, I want to remind our listeners, the book is entitled Chaos to Clarity. It's available through sacredstoriespublishing.com. And uh, the interviews that we are sharing throughout the entire month of January 2020 are part of our kickoff to 2020, the year of perfect vision. And of course, we are talking about inner vision here, folks. Uh, I don't have 2020 vision on the outside. I have uh, one eye that uh, gives me 2080. And then corrective lenses <laughs> brings it down to 2050 so i'm driving very carefully thank you very much uh and doing quite well i had the one question asked of me about depth perception once since i don't have vision in my left eye they say well how how do you how do you do that he said well i look at it this way if uh, something is getting a bigger as i'm moving forward then it's getting closer that's pretty much how you figure that one out <laughs> <laughs> That's how you figure that out. Okay, it's not that hard. Um, uh, I'm kind of glad you're on the other coast driving around <laughs> actually now. Well, believe it or not, I have a, I've driven through LA traffic, so uh, I made it through. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's actually uh, it's going very well. I also want to remind our listeners that uh, uh, we hope that you will participate this year in a uh, the 2020 the year of per 
Perfect Vision. We also hope that if you like what we're doing here and you'd like to support us financially, hey, we'd appreciate it. Uh, we have PayPal and Patreon accounts where you can do that. We'll take energetic support too. Hey, every movement that we make, every thought that we put out there changes the world. Uh, and uh, we're trying to do that here uh, through thought and word as well. And hopefully we're making a difference in the world. Uh, and I'm not saying being pessimistic. I'm optimistic that we absolutely are. And uh, also, uh, just a reminder that uh, the podcasts of this program are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as Player FM, Blueberry, and many, many others that folks are linking us to. Patricia, before we let you go, as we wrap this program up, and again, I thank you so much uh, for all the work that you're doing, I have three final questions for you that I like to ask all my guests. And the first of those three is, who is Patricia Caginello? That's a pretty big wrap-up question, Richard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You should ask me that in the beginning. Um, I am Patricia Caginello. I am, I will say I am a co-author of Chaos to Clarity, Secretaries of Transformational Change. That is who I am at this moment. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I absolutely would like to help others, help others feel less alone, feel more connected, and and help them expand their awareness of the consciousness that they hold. And finally, what is your life's purpose? (laughs) Wow, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) I will say that I don't believe we have one purpose. I believe that everything is purposeful and we have many purposes. Um, Honestly, I mean, I've I've done whole interviews on life purpose and that's always my answer um, because I believe that everything has meaning and value and that we uh, honestly we impede our ability i think to to contribute and to grow and expand by chasing or trying to figure out what the one thing is so i will say life is my purpose with that well, Reverend Patricia Caginello, I thank you once again for joining us here on the program. We look forward to having you back again, whether it's uh, through the process of writing uh, another book of yours or a mm-hmm. compilation, a collaboration of other authors and yourself uh, uh, sharing uh, these different types of stories. And we really do appreciate you giving us so much time. Thank you, Richard. It's, it's- it's been it's been so fun. I really enjoyed our conversation, and thank you so much for for having me. You're very welcome. And I'm Richard Dugan. Thanking you for listening. Thank you for listening to these programs. Be sure to listen to the podcasts. The whole thing, the whole interview is there. If you just heard the radio interview, you need to go to the podcast to hear the whole thing because there's so much more that we talk about. And until our next broadcast, love to love.